0: Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, tonight we are, we're going to be looking at and thinking about two more disciplines. Uh, they're two slightly uh, different ones, less well-known, less recognized disciplines. Some might even think at the end of tonight those were quite strange disciplines for us. To look at, For anyone who is visiting, I know there are a few or are new to this, and forgive me if you're here this morning, I'm going to kind of repeat just this first little bit, but we as a church are currently doing a series, both on Sunday mornings and evenings, on the spiritual disciplines of the Christian faith, which are those kind of practices that have been given to us, that have been handed down to us, that have been suggested to us that we can do for our kind of growth in our discipleship. And uh, we have identified four main and key reasons for the spiritual disciplines, and that is for godliness, to discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, for intimacy. We're also doing them because Jesus did them, and also they are great heart protectors. And so far, we have looked at three now main spiritual disciplines. So two Sunday nights ago, we looked at worship. Last Sunday morning, we looked at Sabbath, and then this morning... We thought about the importance and the value of confession, personal confession to God on a regular basis, but also this whole area of confessing our sins to one another, uh, which is generally the part of that particular discipline that we tend to avoid. And and again, thank you for so many people feeding back after this morning and uh, sorting me out. Uh, But tonight we, we come to two disciplines. That, that aren't considered main ones by any stretch of the imagination, but, but I believe they're still worth thinking about. And I reckon compared to the others that we have looked at to date, you know, worship and Sabbath and confession, these are ones that are maybe not really practiced by too many of us, although I hope they, they might be. And they are these. They are the disciplines of examine and unplugging. We're going to take them one at a time tonight, but what I want to say up front is that with both of them, they're not so much standalone disciplines. They they tend to kind of go alongside and with other disciplines, and so, for example, examine is closely connected to and associated with what we were looking at this morning with confession, and with unplugging, it has the potential to kind of feed into and fuel and facilitate any number of the other disciplines. So, here, here we go. Let's start with an example. As a matter of interest, how many people have heard of this discipline? Ha <laughs> great. A handful. Well, on the way out this morning, somebody stopped me. Somebody who, who's been coming to this church for years. But on the way out this morning, somebody stopped me. And whenever they heard that we were going to be looking at this particular discipline tonight, now, they weren't able to come tonight. But they actually told me that this discipline recently changed their life. But before we explore it in, in some detail and provide a bit of background as to where it originated, let me sum it up in very simple terms. And I know a number of people are kind of taking it. So here it is summed up in very simple terms. The examine is a prayerful reflection on the day's events. That, that is really it in, in a nutshell. It is an opportunity. It's an exercise at the end of a day to just take time to think back over the day that has passed and to reflect prayerfully on certain activities, conversations, attitudes, and actions. It's, it's a chance to kind of detect and discern the presence and the promptings of God in your life during the past 24 hours. It, it, it's a moment, and it really is an actual moment that you take to review the kind of positive and negative aspects and emotions of the day, and then to bring those to God and to bring those before God in prayer. The examine is, is a discipline that really helps us to live an examined life. I think it was actually Socrates who said that the unexamined life is not worth living, which is quite a strong thing to say. The unexamined life is not worth living. And so with this discipline, it actually teaches us and encourages us to do a bit of self examination. It's a discipline that encourages us to pause at the end of a day and just take a look at our lives, to just reflect back. It's, as someone has said, it, it's like a diagnostic test of the soul that we carry out before God prayerfully at the close of each day. If I was going to kind of anchor it in Scripture. It is a bit like just the song that we sang a couple ago, those words from Psalm 139, where we come before God and we look back over there and we just say, God, will you search us? Would you know us? Would you test us? Would you see if there has been any offensive way in us? And that's why this sits alongside, so closely alongside the discipline of confession. I love the way that the message translates Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, investigate my life, God find out everything about me cross-examine and test me get a clear picture of what i'm about see for yourself whether i've done anything wrong and guide me on the road to eternal life and that's why this this particular discipline sits alongside confession because as you give god space at the end of a day to just kind of search your life as you take time to prayerfully reflect on what you've thought and what you've said and what you've done over the past 24 hours you can see and you can sense how that may lead or must lead at times to confession. The examine also ensures that we don't miss things in a day because life can pass us by so quickly. And with this process, as Dennis Liddens says, the examine makes us aware of moments that at first we might easily pass by as insignificant, moments that ultimately do give direction to our lives. And so this is just about taking time to reflect back over days to see and trace where we have sensed God at work. But where did this practice, or more specifically, the word examine? Because again, I think it was Richard was sending me this morning, have you you spelt that right, Uh, that word? Because Richard always pulls me up on spelling and punctuation and all sorts of things. Sorry, Richard. But uh, he said to me, have you spelt that right? But this is the way, so what does this word actually mean? Well, here's what it means. It means a formal examination of the soul or the conscience. Or if another fuller definition reads, a devotional exercise involving reflection on and moral evaluation of one's thoughts and conduct, typically performed on a daily basis. And where this is traced back, and some of you will know, this is traced back to St. Ignatius of Loyola in the 16th century. And for him, it was a kind of foundational aspect of spiritual exercises that he urged people to practice, because he saw this as a way to develop a reflective habit of mind that is then constantly attuned to God's presence and God's promptings in a typical day. And so this was something he encouraged those who were kind of gathered around him. He said, listen, this is something to practice at the end of the day as a devotional exercise to reflect back on the day that has passed. And, and he formulated it into like a five-step process, just to help people practice it. And here's the five steps he gave. He said, listen, express gratitude as you look back over your day. What are you thankful for? What are you grateful for in the day that has passed? And then he talked about acknowledging your sins. Where have you got it wrong today? What have you said that you shouldn't have said thought you shouldn't have thought done you shouldn't have done? Review how you have spent your time since the previous night's examination. Ask for forgiveness for sins if necessary, and then ask for grace to amend them and live a better day tomorrow. And over over the years, people have taken that process and they've kind of amended it a bit and done it in different ways. And here's a slightly revised order that that I actually think, I'm not saying it's more helpful than this, but I think it's really helpful. Five words and just a short explanation. First of all, gratitude. What are we recalling from the day that we're especially grateful for? Reviewing. What about our thoughts, words and deeds, sights, smells, feelings, sorrow? What are we sorrow for? Sins of commission, sins of omission. What have we not done today that we should have done today? Then the forgiveness. And part of that is deciding, is there anyone I need to be reconciled to as a result of something I have said or done today? And then that fifth step grace, ask God for the grace you need for the next day and the ability to sense and see God's presence More clearly. The guy who wrote the book that we're using, I know many of us are are, are reading through and and there are more copies coming, but uh, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, Donald Whitney. Donald, Donald Whitney has another book called How to Simplify Your Life. And in that book, and I don't know if any of you have read that particular one of his, but in that book, he suggests a number of questions to use as a kind of examine. Here's his questions, and there are seven of these. He says, "He says, come to the end of it and think, what was the most important thing that happened today? What did I learn today? When did I see God at work today? What was the most significant thing someone said to me today? What was the most helpful thing I read today from God's word? What was it I was most aware of of God's presence today? What should I have done differently today? And so Donald Whitney, he has he's reflected that. And there's a, somebody sent me this during the week, and I found it incredibly helpful. And they use his suggested list. So there are variations, but let me let me stick with this one and I encourage you to consider. And, and Gordon has really kind, uh, kindly done out little bookmarks with these five things on them that I think are at the end of all the pews or the seats tonight for you to take away. But I think it's a, a, a great thing to have just beside your bed for at the end of the day, for at various times, just to take it and think, right, let me just reflect prayerfully on the day that has passed and use this as a kind of structure. Now I know we can review our day and we can pray back to it without a formal structure. I, I totally know that, realize that. But this is just one tool for doing that that may help us stay focused and save our minds from wandering. Is it worth doing it? Well, as someone has said, as you engage in the examine consistently, you'll soon begin to live with more gratitude, identify what habits bring life or death to your soul, and awake each morning committed to doing better than you did the day before. That's a big claim. I know that. But throughout the centuries, many prayerful people have found this practice helpful in spiritual formation and, and discipleship. And, and so I just share it with you. And, and I realize this is one of those disciplines that's maybe a little different from most of the ones we're going to be looking at. Sunday night gives us the opportunity to cons- consider other ones. But I commend it to you and offer it to you as a possible discipline to consider. And as I say, at the, at the end of tonight... Uh, just after we sing a song after I speak, Gordon is actually going to give us an opportunity to just use that little card and to take some space just even for one day to just sit quietly and think back over the past 24 hours. But before we do that, I want to turn to this one here, unplugging, which is a thoroughly modern discipline. Now, what is it about? Well, I reckon all of us could have a guess. Well, here's what unplugging is all about. It calls us to turn off technology. Mobile phones, tablets, laptops, etc., for specific and specified periods of time. But why? In order to be present to God and others, or to put it slightly differently, to turn off technology in order to be fully present to and uninterrupted in our interactions with God and others. Th- this is a discipline, and, and some would say this is a a much needed discipline. But this is a discipline that reminds us we are personal beings, created for personal interaction by a personal God. And before I say anything more just about this one, this is not about to be a rant, okay? This may come across as a rant, I'm just putting that out there, right? But this is not meant to be a rant regarding the curse of mobile phones, okay? Or tech in general. I am not on a crusade to criticize social media or gaming and all those things because I realize, for example, that advances in technology have improved so many aspects of life. All I'm really wanting to do is to get us to think about the added distractions in our lives caused by our increasing use of technology that has an impact on our time together with others, but primarily with God and and therefore I do want to suggest that we consider this discipline, this discipline of unplugging for a while. But the question is in 2018, is it actually possible? Is it actually possible whenever technology and particularly our mobile devices have become our constant companions, is it doable to unplug ever? Whenever, for example, and I read this this week, Americans aged 18 and older now spend, it's reckoned, 11 hours per day using electronic media, whether that's TV, smartphones, or computers. 11 hours per day. So is unplugging a realistic option? Let me ask you a question. How many, I don't want you to respond to this, okay? How many of you have checked your phone since you arrived here this evening? Okay. How many of you have checked your phone since you arrived here this evening? And I'm probably going to just take a wee bit of time to focus particularly on mobile phones. Greg Tatton-Brown said this, Our smart devices have become an essential part of modern life and checking them regularly is now second nature to more and more users. So here's the question that I ask Greg. Right? How many times a day do you check your phone? Right. How many times a day do you check your phone? Now, someone was telling me this week, and, and I haven't got this, but the new Apple iOS 12 update actually now tells you. A number of people are nodding at me, right? Okay. Actually now tells you how much time you spend on your phone and on various apps. But how many times are you on your phone in a day? Well, a recent survey discovered that the average user in the U.K. So here's how you can work out whether you're an average user. The average user in the U.K. picks up their phone 221 times a day. That works out at once every six minutes. Another survey stateside discovered that Americans check their phone once every 12 minutes. The same survey found that separation anxiety is real. Okay. Thirty-one percent of those surveyed felt that they felt, said they felt regular anxiety at a point when separated from their phone. And sixty percent reported experiencing occasional stress when their phone is off or out of reach. I don't know if that resonates with anyone or anyone can relate to that. Another couple of interesting thoughts came through in this. 62% of respondents said they would prefer to go a week without chocolate than a day without their phone. And perhaps an example of just how crucial our phones are becoming comes in this revelation that 4 in 10 people have said they would rather lose their voice for a day than lose their phone. One researcher made this comment, smartphones have become the remote control of our lives. Not only storing our contacts, our calendars, our photos, but also serving as the main operating hub for connecting to our smart home devices, our Bluetooth systems and more. So when your device is lost or stolen, or simply isn't connecting, it can have a massive impact, an immense impact on your daily life. It almost seems that mobile phones now function like an extra limb on our bodies. And I wonder how many of us have ever said to someone or heard it said "Thus, is that phone physically connected to you? I know I've said it to my girls. Well, research now demonstrates how attached we are to our phones. So here's another one. We pick up our phones 221 times a day, they reckon. Here's a question. How many times do we touch our phones per day? Just how connected, how attached are our phones to us? Well, one study has said that we apparently a mobile phone user touches his or fo- her phone 2,617 times every day. That's just the average user. The same study found that extreme users, the top 10%, touch their phone more than 5,400 times a day. And we could go on and we could go on. I know, and maybe it has sounded like a rant. Uh, forgive me for But you get the point and I I realize there are lots of factors and and we don't have time and I I can't go into all the deep because there are lots of factors that influence our use of mobile technology, isn't there? So age, stage of life, it's, it's a massive influencer. The job we've got, the environment we're in, the changing world around us, and I get all of that. But one of the key problems One of the key identifiable problems with our increasing use of and exposure to to technology is this, it's distraction. And I don't know how many of us have ever been with someone, talking to someone one-to-one, or in a meeting, and we've got distracted by technology, or we've got distracted because someone else has got distracted by technology. And in the book, Celebration of Discipline, that that I've kind of been referring to a number of times, that, this book is 40 years old this year. I'm sure a lot of you know that. I'm sure a lot of you bought one of the first editions. But in February of this year, a 40th anniversary edition was released. And it contains a couple of extra essays. And during the past week, a couple of you have sent me interviews with Richard Foster, who is just now coming to the end of his public ministry, has decided to step down from speaking at public events. And on the back of this uh, 40th anniversary edition, he has done a number of interviews, particularly with uh, a magazine recently, Christianity Today. And one of the questions he was asked, and in the preface to this book, he he talks about the changes that have occurred since he first wrote this book the changes that have occurred in the past four decades, and what impact he feels it has made on not just the world in general, but particularly on the issue of spiritual disciplines, the practice of spiritual disciplines that this book is all a book about. And one of the changing challenges that he identifies in one of the essays at the start of this new book, and in the preface and in the interviews on with Christianity, one of the changing challenges he has identified is distraction, personal Distraction. And he actually says, and this, I found this an astonishing comment. He actually says that the primary spiritual problem in contemporary culture is distraction. That's a fascinating insight. And he then goes on, and one of his essays, to mention the specific distraction of technology. Forty years ago, none of us would have had a mobile phone, none of us would have had a tablet. None of us would have been connected 24-7 to so much information, to so much videos, to so much gaming and all of that. The first mobile phone went on. Does anyone know when the first mobile phone went on sale in America? Anyone want to hazard a guess? It was actually, it was 1983. That's 35 years ago. $4,000. More people in the world today have mobile phones than toilets. Is that not an, is that not an astonishing statistic? first one went and seal 35 years ago, and today, more people in the world have mobile phones than have toilets. And so Foster, as he reflects on this, and reflects on the past 40 years, and reflects on the fact that he wrote this book all about the practice of spiritual disciplines, he refers to the problem of technology, gluttony, and he says, Do you know, we're pigging out on this. We're pegging out on it, and he believes it has become a significant distraction in life in general, but particularly when it comes to the practice of spiritual disciplines. And that's why I wanted to kind of just look at it and think about it tonight. And so as we think about the many spiritual disciplines that we're going to be looking at during this series, I do want to suggest unplugging for a regular period of time. I want to suggest unplugging as another alternative discipline that reduces distraction in order that we can be fully present to and uninterrupted in our interactions with other people, but particularly with God, as we think about the spiritual disciplines. And so unplugging as a discipline, it's about creating space. It's about freedom. Freedom. It's about freedom from addiction, whether that's accidental or otherwise. It's about giving, actually, the gift of presence to people. And so can we do it on a regular basis? That, that's the question. Can we refrain from using technology for specific periods of time? I'm not saying totally, not by any stretch. I'm just saying on a regular basis for specific periods. Of, is abstaining from digital recreation a viable option in 2018? well, that is the challenge I just want to present this evening. That is the discipline that I want to bring. Some of you might know that there is now a national day of unplugging in America in just one day. It's been going for about four or five years, and, and, and many social commentators are urging people to unplug from technology, not just for a day, but on a regular basis. So here are six reasons. From a non-Christian source, people are saying, listen, this makes sense. Give your brain a break. Feel more content and happy with your life. Soak up the quiet time. Build your real-life relationships. Get the sleep you need. Feel less So it would seem that many, many people recognize that this is just a good idea, full stop. But as we think about this series, as we think about practicing spiritual disciplines, let me suggest a few possible but big challenges, and I've got one in particular to put out there tonight. And the first is this. In tying it in with the other disciplines, what about tying this in with the discipline of Sabbath that we thought about last Sunday morning. And therefore, on your Sabbath day, whichever day of the week that is, although, as I said last time, I recognize that for the vast majority of people, that will be a Sunday. But what about unplugging for that period of time every week? That for one day per week, we turn off the mobile phone. We leave the iPad in the drawer. We stay away from our computers. What about doing Sabbath unplugged? Could we do it? Could I do it? And if that's too much to contemplate, what about consider unplugging for shorter periods of time throughout the week, particularly around what you set aside is personal time with God? What about meal times? What about overnight? That might be a good discipline for some people in itself. But whatever we do or however we do it, I want to encourage us all to unplug for some time as a regular discipline. Because as someone has said, by unplugging the God of technology, and technology has become a God in our world. Not, not, I'm not saying our world, but in our wider world. By unplugging the God of technology, you might just find something new a still small voice sharing the information that really matters. And I realise tonight this is being different. And maybe some people struggle with it, and, and I apologise if that's the case and I know I've only scratched the surface of these two rather different disciplines, and I've probably even left more questions than answers, but can I recommend these as two to consider? In your ongoing growth in discipleship, as you keep company with Jesus, prayerfully reflect on the day that has just passed, and consider unplugging for specified periods of time on a weekly basis.